0: Jesus. Three, that's a magic number. Three. Yes it is. It's the magic number. Three. Somewhere in this hip hop soul community was born three, they stubbed and that's a magic number. What does it all mean? Difficult preaching is possibly pleasure. Pleasure in preaching starts in the heart. Something that stimulates the music in the measure. Measure in the music, raises three parts. Casually see, but don't do like the soul.
1: Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Eastland, the Shamrock Rovers podcast by the fans. For the fans, uh, this week we talk about the roller coaster thrill ride that was the Finn Harps game. Draw it on Friday evening, and we have an interview with Justin Mason and much more.
2: You may notice we're louder this week, so
1: we're messing around with the tech side of things, so bear with us till we adjust your earphones accordingly. I'm Gary Parsons, and with me, as usual, is the Prof Carl Reilly. So we're going to talk about Finn Harps for us. The 3-2. We got out of jail big time. I'm still worried about our lack of ability to close out a game. Three cracking goals. Absolute pull driver from McAllister. Showing the type of form that bagged him so many goals for shells. An unmerciful power bomb from Finn. You look at my wrestling quotes here. (laughs) Considering WrestleMania was the weekend. Uh, First goal in how many games for Finn?
2: He hadn't scored a league goal in 19 games. It was last June. For Dundalk. McAllister hadn't scored a league goal since February twenty fourteen for Shrewsbury. And Simon Madden hadn't scored for us in the league since August twenty fourteen.
1: So what was the accumulated time? I didn't make an accumulator now, but <laughs> um I, th- I think there's there was there's a lot to talk about in that game. There was I, I think we'll let Justin Mason talk about it first and then we'll uh, we'll discuss what he has to say as well. So
2: I'm here with Justin Mason. Uh Juz. What were your thoughts on the Finn Harps game and how do you think Rovers are playing so far this season in general?
3: Uh, we started very well, Carl. Two goals up, two cracking goals from McAllister and Finn. The first uh, fifteen minutes you're thinking, yeah, okay. Last week's a blip, the darkish there was for the Don, that kind of stuff. And then after about twenty minutes, Harps started to get a bit on top and the second half they were just completely on top. And I, I just don't know. What it is a case for a young team, maybe how the game was won took the foot off the gas and completely allowed we allowed Pat McCart to dominate now people are saying no, he's slow he's overweight he finished but class never leaves and you allow a player of his class time and space in the ball he'll destroy you and that's exactly what he did um, and in the end we got lucky it was a brilliant finish by Madden at first when I was, like, I was, in the, I was when I'm in the um, main stand now I've sort of gone over there now for a few reasons but when he forced hit it I thought uh, maybe he was just lobbing it back to you know, just put it in around the houses, and
1: yeah, said, a
2: few uh, of us in the east end reckon them might have been across, but yeah. people in the main stand assured us he uh, he placed it.
3: Yeah. Well, actually, when I watched it again on Monday night on Soccer Republic, he definitely placed it, and it was class finish. Really was, in fairness to him. So we got lucky, but then again, if you remember the car game, we played really well and got nothing, so it does even itself out. I think we there is improvements needed. That second half performance was nowhere near good enough, and I think Bradley, in fairness to him, realised that, and I think he said it in the interview. And sack up public after the game, but yeah, I mean it's these are the games you should be winning. Um, but we need to we need to build on it now, Carl, um, Because the one thing we don't want to do is get too far behind. But then you don't want to be really thinking if we what well might happen if we don't like you don't want to be stuck in mid table. But they need to get on and win. And I think hopefully it'll be the kickstart that the team need. And please God, we'll, we'll get three points and draw it on Friday.
2: Well, you've got probably the best memory of any football fan I've ever met. So, you're the man to ask this. Have you ever seen three better Rovers goals in one game?
3: Good question. Um, I know we beat um, we beat Limerick 7-3 the year we won the league in the RDS in October 1993. Terry got a couple of crackers. Terry Everson got a couple of crackers in that game. Um the six four game where we won. we won't mention the we lost, obviously. uh six four we won against Shares in ninety seven there was a couple of good ones in that but at the moment I just can't think of any trade I out like someone like Jason Maloney or someone would probably ring me on Friday and say, Justin, you didn't mention this, this, this and this or Robert Goggins or someone like that but um from actually three outstanding strikes like that in the one game now it's very hard to remember so obviously there was one or two in a game but now never three. No, it's very hard to remember. It'll probably come back to me on the way home now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, we came out for the second half, and then proceeded to collapse like a soggy digestive.
2: Uh, everyone who saw me after that game, it was just a variation of Jesus or fecking hell. I was I was summing up their emotions afterwards.
1: Yeah, and rightly so. I mean, Paddy McCart was a joy to watch. He was ghosting around our players with ease and treading gorgeous through balls and. He didn't celebrate his goal, which is probably a nod of respect to us. Maybe you could say that.
2: Yeah, McCart rolled back the years, didn't he? He was worth the price of
1: admission alone. Uh, the king of dribblers, I saw him described as. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a worthy uh, it's a worthy name. I mean, the guy is just got so much natural ability. It's it's crazy that he hasn't played at a higher level. And when the free kick went in, granted our wall, as as Brad described, it was a shambles, but it was cute though. Yeah. He he knew what he was doing. If you look back, there's a great video from I think it's the West Stand, family stand, and it's uh, it's very it's very cheeky what he did. So
2: when I went in, the fifty or so Harps fans went wild. Ah oh, yeah. Uh, from our side of things, the home crowd there was worry beforehand that the transport strike would affect the crowd but services did return to normal. It pretty much ended early on. Around eleven then. o'clock yeah. in the morning, so it
1: can't really use that. No, I mean the, cr- the crowd wasn't too bad. Considering you could pretty you could pretty much judge our core support. That's that's they're the they're the main Rovers fans pretty much I'd say not the main Rovers fans, but that's our core support there. The people who turn up for the looks of the Harps games and hmm. I think mean, what was the attendance two and a half? I think so actually didn't check but two and a half thousand I think it was. That's not too bad for a harps game.
2: I don't know about you, but I actually had a feeling we would get that winner. Like, we weren't yeah. making any chances. Yeah, no. It I, made no it's, sense. It's
1: just one of those things, was not it? I just felt that we had to down towards the car park, waiting for the final whistle, praying for a goal because it was due work, like 10 minutes, and then at 10 o'clock. So. Considering
2: how many times we've seen Roberts try in vain to get those late winners at Tala over the last few years. I know. It was nice
1: to finally get one.
2: I don't know why I expected it, but I just did.
1: Beautiful, beautiful volley. Deft. Just could, literally stroked it into the top corner. Yeah.
2: McAllister's goal, I mean, possibly the best long-range goal in Tadden so far. I mean, oh, it's up there. I can't think of any other ones. Uh, can you remember
1: another cross-burning goal?
2: No. Well, that that was the ice in the cake, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. cross in. Yeah, it really was. And I have a stat for you, actually. Go ahead. That's the first time we conceded 22nd half goals in a league game and still won the game. First time ever. Since Dundalk. at Oriole Park In 2009
1: Since that infamous Not infamous
2: But that famous Desi Baker free kick That we posted At the start of the season Yeah that was the last time There was a Lancer Senior Cup game Under Kenny Where we went 4-0 up Away to shells At half time They pulled back Two goals But that was the last time In the league
1: Mm. And what else we got We have A 17 year old Dean Dillon Made his league debut bit of a surprise but i thought he did well worked hard no real chances to speak of he's a big lad for seventeen. Dobbs is another young striker on the books and he looks quite small so Dean didn't look out of place at all
2: i think he caught a lot of people by surprise yeah I agree starting with you there. With Dylan. i mean gary shaw he he hurt his ankle in training so that's why he wasn't in the team but to start with Dane it caught me off guard yeah it
1: was out of the blue um like i said he didn't he held up his own He he looked good worked tirelessly um, who else have we got we've got Sam Bone uh, 18 years of age made his first start for the club great range of passing I think we might be onto something with this guy he was uh, very highly rated by Charlton fans on their forum I had a little nose over there and they rated him up there with Adam Ola Luckman as a prospect for the future who went on to make a multi-million pound move to Everton and make a, quite an impact in the Premier League when he did play so um, until he, he he was sick that time. Samboon was was regarded very highly as a as a future prospect. He yeah, made some lovely passes in that game. Yeah, he can just ping a ball, and he with pace as well. And Bofi so definitely interested in seeing him again. I think he'll start. We'll get on to future. We'll get to predictions in a while. But uh, O'Connor, Michael O'Connor came on, made a cameo. He was pivotal in the winner, but he also kicked the Harps defender and wasn't booked. Mm,
2: don't know how he didn't maybe get sent off. I that know, goal, it was yeah. crazy
1: when you look back at it. And he didn't see the defender didn't make a meal of it. So maybe maybe that's mm. why it was, you know, he didn't go down. I think the defender was more interested in getting the ball back up and trying to and trying to make another attack, you know.
2: His brother Kieran went off injured in the first half for Harps, so that was their threat gone pretty early.
1: Yeah, he's having a having a good enough season. I think he, he's a couple of goals anyway, definitely has a couple of goals. Uh Trevor Clark again, tormenting fullbacks, although I thought Boyle had a good game. Uh, the rifle, and um, Trevor's even that good I avoided a checkpoint at Rolla, thanks to his uh, insightful Facebook post so thanks for that Trevor (laughs) man Uh, of many talents thanks for the heads up
2: (laughs) I mean Trevor Clark again another really gutsy performance I mean we all know how good a player he is but his attitude you just have to love it
1: he just loves football. I think I noticed he has a tattoo on his arm as well. It's like his skin is broken, but there's a football underneath it. So football is in his blood. Uh, Jason Maloney says, "There's a, and I quote, there's more chance of him winning the Dublin Martin than Trevor Clark playing for Rovers next season. Now, uh, write that down, everyone. And yep. don't throw out that leotard just yet, Jason. Tomer is still waiting on his fourth clean sheet. Um, he has to get one eventually. He's he's still quite solid. I mean, barred I I wouldn't even call it a mistake against Cork. It was just a lack of concentration. There's been a few attempted lobs as well, and players are starting to realise that he strays very far from his line. So I think he needs to watch over that as well.
2: I hope you watched the clip of Conor Burns' goal, considering how often. Yeah, it comes it's off happening. His line. Yeah. yeah,
1: and so Supple got done. You think Supple got yeah. injured in that game as well? So he will be out for the EA Sports game. I have a very disturbing stat about uh, clean sheets. Are you ready? Oh no, this is. I'm guessing this is how long we haven't had one. or We've it's ke- not going to go on. We've kept one clean sheet in our last seventeen competitive games. Wow, seventeen games, one clean sheet. Yeah, that's Highland Morphy and Tomer, Tom or Tomer. Yeah, it was 0-0 nil nil,
2: nil nil against Bray. That was the one.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we'll actually since we're talking about. Uh, Tomer Sensinsky, or I mean, what's going on with the pronunciation?
2: That was uh, the highlights in Soccer Republic.
1: Yeah, Stephen Alkin, Tomer Sensinsky. They do you think they'd get in touch with the club and just say, "Listen, how do you pronounce this guy's name?" First thing we asked them when we did the questions from the East Side, we Said, "Listen, how do you pronounce your name?"
2: But like, how it 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 rhymes? <laughs> it rhymes how? with Homer which is one of the most famous names but in the world. Even the way world. it's
1: spelled, even the way it's spelled, it's obviously it's spelled Tomer. How do you s- pronounce Tomer? How do you not get Tomer right? And then, I, I and can then understand then getting the second name wrong. I mean, I I would never have guessed the C is silent. It's easy to get the second name wrong, but he thinks the H is silent,
2: which is only he could decide the H is silent.
1: There. Where did he get that pronunciation from? I don't know why he thought of that. It's funny. I know. In fact, you know what? Stephen Alkan was so unworthy to commentate on those three beautiful goals. He felt it deserved a real commentator someone who knows a great goal when he sees one so uh, let's have a listen
0: and it didn't take long for the hoops to go ahead Dave McAllister's superb hit sailed in off the crossbar with Kieran Gallagher well beaten what a way for McAllister to get his first goal for Shamrock Rovers and worth seeing again that was a goal Ronan Finn hadn't scored in his last 16 appearances for Dundalk and his current employers, but he got his first goal for the Hoops last Friday. And what a goal this was, too. Another long-range effort, both coming inside 14 minutes. His team On their way to a much-needed win. But his side found a winner, and what a goal it was. Lopez sent it forward, Kieran Cole slipped at the wrong moment, Michael O'Connor getting in behind His pullback was only half cleared And there was Simon Madden To caress the volley into the top corner Shit! Did you see that? A game where Finn Harps certainly deserves something For their stirring comeback
1: Now since we did our last show Two League of Oil managers have lost their jobs Martin Russell at Limerick And Dave Robertson at Sligo Robertson never got going did he? no I mean I think they've, we mentioned last week they conceded the most goals in the
2: league uh, yeah they're was it? quite poor 5th last season they were kind of chasing for Europe but they were never really in contention last year
1: yeah he, he seemed to put a lot of trust in young loan, young English loan signings didn't he he got a couple of those guys in he did secure a qualification for the Iron Brew Scottish Cup does that mean nothing Yeah, maybe, maybe so he put it on his CV maybe yeah. they'll get another job over will the Mario go round continue though I mean surely Slugger so. are going to make a beeline for Russell now Still a good manager In my eyes I think so So Limerick
2: beat Sligo 5-1 On opening day mm-hmm. And both managers Were sacked
1: Yeah It's uh I mean who are Sligo will be Going for Russell They have to But who are Limerick Going to go for Who's out of work At the moment Well no actually I don't think Sligo Will go for Russell Because Don't I think so
2: Look at their Record of hiring managers It's something true. like 8 yeah. of the last 9 Have been English Yeah true They true. always go for English They go managers. abroad
1: Don't they but Then again They might want a quick fix With Russell And he is a good coach but, uh, I don't think
2: I'd say very few people Would have predicted Martin Russell To be first Manager sacked You would have got him At odds of 14 to 1
1: 14s Yeah well, I don't
2: know. Someone got him at 12s I saw that on Twitter a Oh Limer- someone actually went for it. A Limerick it? fan
1: yeah Oh a Limerick fan Obviously yeah
2: And I have a Little Limerick staff here They've won the first division Three times Three
1: times Okay
2: and here's each of those three winning First Division managers. Okay. Sam Allardyce. Yeah. 1991-92. That was his first job uh, manager. back, doesn't it? Immediately after winning the First Division, he left to go to Preston. Okay. 2012. Pat Scully won the First Division. Yeah. Immediately sacked.
1: And then same again.
2: 2016. Martin Russell destroys the First Division. Sacked after six games. Is this the
1: same chairman? I think it's the same chairman as Scully, yeah. So the chairman is a bit of a, um, he's got high standards for the Premier League anyway. You're looking at second, wait, how long did Scully last? 2012, how many games? No games. He was sacked No. Oh yeah, no games. So no games. Russell last six and they gone out the door already. A bit harsh in my opinion, but maybe uh, it was mutual so it wasn't exactly sacked.
2: I love Russell's. Footballing side.
1: Yeah, no, it's he is. He's a, he actually coaches up in Lugan with my son's um school and he has it he has like a like a summer camp type thing and it's, it's pretty good. Now we're gonna move on to Cork now. They still have a hundred percent record, won all seven, still a one man team, my eyes. Louis McGuire, they are an average mid table team and they also have some very sensitive podcasters to boot as well. Mm-hmm. Pats won 4-0 against Bowes at Daly Mount with the Conan Bourne wonder goal. 55-60 yards, I reckon.
2: Yeah, very similar to Beckham against Wimbledon.
1: Yeah, it was the same position as well, pretty much, wasn't it? Carbon copy.
2: Yeah, another wonder goal in the League of Ireland,
1: ruined by that poxy
2: cowbell. Yeah,
1: yeah, do you know what? Just just confiscate it off them, man. It's like that, that fella who yells crazily when Dundalk score a goal. That (laughs) yell like Every time we go out there, that's all you hear when they score. I will give credit to R.I.D. though. A lot of people
2: hounded them after that goal was scored, asking them, will you show it before Monday? Like, show it now. And they went for it. And they they did. did, Didn't they, yeah? Because this has been a long-running criticism. Like, for example, Patrick McElhaney scored a brilliant goal a few weeks back on a Friday. And nobody can see it until... Three days later, it's like yeah. it's ridiculous. Modern football now, goals go viral; they're on on the internet immediately. But in this country, the way three yeah, days. Even so. with air,
1: air sports put it up within five or ten minutes if they're showing a, a live game, don't they? On the yeah, but a live feed.
2: game, but that that was the difference, though. RT were showing Drogheda and Dundalk. Mm. They immediately showed a clip of a goal from another game. I don't think they'd done
1: that before. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a breakthrough. I think it's something they could be doing. It's not gonna. To tear anybody from watching Soccer Republic on a Monday night if that's what they think you know did you see the tread on the ultras forum uh, called which club
2: do you dislike the most in Ireland
1: go on who who's on the who's on this poll a poll yeah yeah who have
2: we got well you can imagine who's winning balls, the obviously. top two or balls and pats yeah but uh, I want you to guess who my post went for
1: Oh, right, Okay. Um, we give you fourteen guesses. Fourteen <laughs> guesses. Drums are gonna go. Uh, they don't exist anymore. I don't know. Saint James is gay. Who does he hate the most? Go on.
2: UCD. He hates UCD. Why? That's who he chose. Probably because they bring no fans to the game.
1: Oh, that's not enough of a reason, is
2: it? Consider the the amount of players they produce. Typical business league. How can you hate UCD?
1: Now I see John Delaney has an extra 100 grand a year on his new UEFA gig. Um, already on top of his disgustingly bloated wage that he already... I mean, what's his 9-5? to five? If I get going on the FAI, considering what's going on in the media at the moment, especially with the women's football team who are being... Fought, they can't even keep their own tracksuits. And there's a change in the airport toilets. This is the women's internationals team. Our international women's team have don't even get to keep the gear. They have to hand it back, and they actually had to come out publicly and condemn the FAO and, and try and just get respect and, and equal treatment. It's it's absolutely insane. And this guy is swanning around John Delaney, throwing money around the people all over the place. And I, I know for a fact there was there was a, there was was a duo on the red couch the other night and there was money being thrown around, free bars. And these guys, I won't name my association, or the actual event it was, but there was money being thrown around by John Delaney. And these guys can't even get a, a tracksuit and proper facilities or respect.
2: Yeah, it is shocking. Uh, Delaney and his new UEFA gig, you will have €300 Euro a day expenses. That's insane. Which, ironically, is all the women are looking for.
1: €300 Euro a day expenses. I
2: mean, it's not much to ask for the women's senior international team, is it?
1: it's it's just a total total lack of respect and our uh, 1899 guest just gone on Friday was uh, Noel King and he waited in the debate yesterday morning and he reckons the women's team get identical treatment to the men's team so make it out what you will I don't agree with it at all I I think that's sounds I, like a bit of a company man there yeah without a doubt without a doubt I mean I mean think about that it's, it's a crazy thing to say apparently they were staying in hostels and things like that that's not equal treatment I guarantee you Ireland team men's team aren't staying in hostels but um,
2: did you see this uh, speaking of Ireland see the back and forth between Martin O'Neill and Ronald Common yeah that guy did did you you see that
1: he called him he actually brought out like an open letter
2: but did you see when he released the statement on Common no he released it midway through a full round of League of Ireland games on a Friday night that's when he chose to release that statement
1: that's lack of knowledge that's, that's what the ultimate
2: middle finger to the league of Ireland. yeah
1: pretty much Con- so it's just he's pretty much saying yeah I don't I don't watch these these matches at all obviously for like hour or two beforehand before he actually released it he was writing it up and perfecting it and making sure it was okay and the way he wanted to word it so he, he was oblivious to the league so yeah I, th- I think you're right there uh, I think we're going to hear more from Jules now so let's have a listen how did you
2: get into Rovers and do you remember what your first game was?
3: Yeah, um, father, um, father, grandfather, great-grandfather. Um, I supported Rovers, uh, so it's a family thing. As I've said before, I was from a mixed marriage. I, um, dad side Rovers, mother side Shelburne. So thankfully dad brought me to matches, so it was grand. Um, yeah, um, we played Pats. It was the second league game of the start of the four season, the four in a row. And we played Pats in Chicardi Owl, in, 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 in Richmond Park, there, the old sloping pitch. I think Dad brought me to the stand, I think the stand was tiny then. And uh, we won 4 0. We were three up at half time. Anthony Whelan got one, and I know Buckley and Campbell got three between them, but surprisingly, I'm not sure who got two, and I'm not sure who got the other one. But I definitely know between two, and they got three. And then the following week, Dad brought me to Milltown, and I still maintain that was one of the greatest things I ever saw in football because he came up the stairs and he just saw this pitch that looked like a billionaire table. I thought it was better than Wembley and I loved Wembley and uh, so I'm, I'm lucky to say that at least I went to Milltown I only went didn't go that much but at least I went at least I was there I remember Big Galway 4-1 I remember the Galway player getting sent off and all the crowd cheered me because I said why did they cheered and it's sad he didn't do anything wrong he sent off and I looked behind me me dad cheering as well So, <laughs> but it was there uh, yeah, and I just was Hooked or hooped or whatever we want ever since, um, and the family is still a big team of Masons. Gone to Rovers. We, my uncle Ken and Lord Westmore passed away last year. Would have gone with Dad, and then my cousin Gary, who was uh, goes to Rovers now as well. So we're still well represented at the club. But it's it's a family thing. But it's uh, yeah, 20 what now? 24 years this year. That was good. Like it's been brilliant. It's been fantastic. Yeah, you've had bad days and and good days, but when the good days happen all the stuff you went through and the bad days makes it worthwhile
2: um, probably a tough question but what's your favourite ever Robbers game?
3: very tough question like even though I wasn't in Belgrade that was fantastic the 10 minutes we led at White Hart Lane you know I, I actually uh, I said that was my favourite sporting moment of 2011 and I had arguments with guys who supported Leinster and guys who supported Dublin how could you just pin it to 10 minutes? like what about Leinster win the Heinting Cup or Dublin the first I in 16 years that year? I just went No, I says from what we went through to actually go to home for we an English Premier League club i be leading for 10 minutes, just couldn't top that, couldn't top that at all. I'd say probably I would go with the first game in it. I just think the whole occasion what it meant to us as a club, and it was a bit of a sweet day for me because my mum went in the hospital that day my dad didn't go and I know he wasn't going to go but man basically said he didn't talk about nothing else for the last 5 months, 6 months so she said go said okay <laughs> so It was just the whole occasion I think um, All the stuff we'd gone through For 22 years Nearly gone out of business A year after winning four in a row Like 15 months later We nearly gone out of business We set a jersey And a couple of footballs And two players And like To go from that then To Going around the grounds From Talca To Daly Mount To RDS Back to Talca Santry, Richmond odd game here and there and um Belfield and then obviously the game in um Turner's cross which was a real low point. Um you thought will we ever see this day, you know, and then go getting relegated, nearly going to business again. Um you thought will we ever see this day, but thankfully we did and I think that was just for the whole of what it meant. Probably my favourite ever Rovers game in that sense. In actual matches, whew too many dimensions. I will say I, I did enjoy the first win over Bowls and Tada when we got to in the last couple of minutes. That was just phenomenal. That was the night you probably felt, yeah, this is our home now. That was unbelievable, unreal.
2: Yep. Yeah, Mattara gave me the same answer. He said the first game in Tada was yeah. his favorite.
3: Yeah, I, and like and, and I just it was just the whole build up. And I mentioned Cork away, uh, Cork home in two thousand three. We went down to that match, and it was just. I we like, oh, were was selling problems at the time. Now fairness the cock they were quite nice to us and all. But it just felt oh, I just felt they were I don't use the term in the bottom of the barrel, but that's how I felt that much. And then the story at the time was we were actually gonna be wearing our home kit at least we'd be wearing the hoops. And then we came we came out with the and under the pitch in our um, sort of navy blue with green on the shoulder strip and it was just pretty demoralising like we lost the game 2-0 but it was, just, it was just that was a real low point and in 2003 we had something like the, the game would be Audrey in Europe so it was like within 3 months I'd gone from that to the top of the world and down to the, the bottom of the world so there was that was a pretty tough time but I think the realisation and the fact we actually got to tell it, I was still worried that we that something would go wrong and we wouldn't be playing there we'd have to play the first game the game against Sligo and Tolga or somewhere like that and there was that fear but when the first match ended it was like yeah this is great it was fantastic and it was like yeah, used to. I think the first couple of years was like yeah used to go to Tala you know I'd be I think I didn't start going to open a little a year later but every time I said like, come on we go for a spin at the Tala I think after a few weeks you could cut and know what he was doing <laughs> and there was no match but like it was, yeah the first game at Tala will always be special always be
2: special and finally all the talk of the next couple of weeks is going to be about the anniversary of milltown but i saw you posted on facebook the anniversary of us winning the league title in 1994 what's your memories of that day
3: <laughs> yeah um just if i can just digress a little i think that whole season was unbelievable because yeah as i said earlier like six years five years let's say summer 93 five years before that we were nearly gone we lost milltown the year before 1998 and I would always give credit to John McNamara and Noah King for what they did. Like They kept the club going, they built it up. Okay. For both of them it probably ended quite badly. But I think when the f- ultimate history of Rovers come to be written, I think both of them deserve a special mention. Um, and I may to remember the summer of the year before we played some lovely stuff, but we just had a killer instinct. And we were a bit flaky at the back and maybe lack a little bit of experience a lot of very good young players in that 92-93 team Someone who didn't stay in 93-94 but we had some really really good players and then he brought in a lot of experience and some like he brought in the likes of Alan O'Neill he brought in um, Stray Tracy now manager yeah yeah. he brought in Alan O'Neill Terry Everston Al Mullen John Nolan John Bacon he brought in a good few and Alan Bourne Alan Bourne was a youth signer from Bowers because Bourne had been a, a fantastic player for them when well, they should have won the league in 93 and we started off not great we knocked out Leinster and League Le- Le Cups in the space of 10 days both by Bray and over our first two league matches we didn't score and only took a point off Tundalk and the plan was let's get into the top 6 we're taking another two games good god it's going, going to be another season struggle and then September we won every match you know, Galway five nil, Cork three nil, or champions, past two nil, uh, Monaghan one nil, and then two one against Bows, and it was just it just went from there. We did a bit of a lull in the middle, which Tracy always said we'd have, and we did. And uh, but we came back strongly. The day we won the league, it was lashing rain. I remember going to the school, it was getting used to holidays. Just when you got your used to holidays on the um, Wednesday before Easter, spoil Wednesday, not now to get two full weeks. <laughs> And uh, it was last year, and I was in the accountancy class that morning. Yeah. And Mr. Lawrence was a teacher, and he said to us, Right, uh, guys, here's a question, go and do it. And I stood staring at the window. I was just so nervous. And he said, Justin, come on, do the question. I said, So I'm going to do the question tomorrow. We might never win the league title again. And he just looked at me and just went, he just started laughing because he knew how mad I was about Rovers. I went home, and um, I, I had to be up in the, the off was five, we had to be up on the ground early because. It was we were doing the pro i was selling problems at the time and we that game had been called off twice before in february due to waterlogged pitch or adverse weather conditions so we had to go in and put in the inserts so even when we got up there the game wasn't certain to go ahead but i think the reason was that they didn't want to leave it with us playing cork last i think they wanted this so that's the only reason when they had got off to a great start um john bacon got an early go great work by Gagan then Gagan gets fouled and Tyler dispatched the penalty and we're coasting 2-0 up I think when we're coasting this league and then just before half time Brian Mooney pulls one back for shells and we were edgy we were really really edgy and that one the last few weeks we'd been fantastic we were edgy then the longest 45 minutes ever and then the final whistle went and I think the first person I heard was big deck and I'll never forget that it was just great um, I didn't drink at the time so I went home It was great for farming And the following Sunday it was amazing um, it's just so sad that team broke up so quickly and it was breaking up before they won the league which was probably the worst but Gagan had pretty much signed a deal with Shelburne as had borne. Um I think them two were gone I think the fact Peter left as well was pretty sad also um, it, it was a pity and it's, it's, a, it's a team that um, doesn't seem to when you hit people like a great Rovers team is very rarely mentioned Except, like, probably us that were, were there for that team. Like, it was a fantastic season because it just happened so out of the blue. But
2: well, what is good about that is there's so many clips of it online yeah. on YouTube. I think, what was that show called? Sports,
3: Start Sports Stadium. Sports
2: yeah. Stadium, yeah. there's like loads of footage of that season online, which yeah. is great.
3: Yeah, and it was. And uh, it is good to see it. It's good. It's good to reminisce. And you now you sometimes feel like, what do watch? What's the 93 94 season? But ask anyone of air real, kit was just. And for me, like, the first four seasons I of Sport Rovers they won three doubles in the league title I thought it was going to be like that all the time so to have them barren years and I was now a teenager and you're thinking God oh, will we ever see them days again and then to win it it was just it was just even the games we lost some of those seasons were brilliant I mean, the, the cup Marin against Bowes. everyone talks about that even though we lost it in the end it was just brilliant uh, phenomenal phenomenal great season and uh, I was glad to see that when 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 Ray died because Ray, Ray's leaving the club was really bad as well. He got knocked down in the cup two years later at the shells and there was a lot of Rovers fans protesting outside Tolga Park after that game. We were away from home. and It was sad because in fairness to Ray's done a great job he probably never really recovered from that team splitting up because he built that team. And I still maintained that they stayed together, they would have won two, three leagues in a row because they would have been done dark year after. That's to '96 might have been tough, but it certainly would have won the year and after. Um, but it was glad, it was good to see that when, when when sadly Ray passed away two years ago, that the club didn't rem, uh, remember him, and they brought the team the team back in fairness, and it was good to see because a lot of them hadn't been in Talla since we got there, so it was good to see the the the, the likes of Alan Mullen and Derek McGuire and even Stephen Gagan coming <laughs> back. You know, it was good. But, it was a great day and a great season and it did, the only sad thing and a lot of our fans will tell you, is that they just broke up so quickly that thing and it was a tough summer for a lot of us.
1: Now we're going to move on to more pressing matters with our match in United Park slash hunky-dory. This is the first time we've played draw since we relegated them in Tala on the last day of the 2015 season and our first time facing Gavin and Killian Brennan since their ignominious exit from Rovers and the Cue the Brennan's boat downloading dictionary apps right as we speak.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, it's even funnier listening back to that infamous 98 FM interview now because Gavin says Bradzer told him that he's going to give this young lad Trevor a chance in the team as if Trevor is just some nobody. And look at him now. He's been by far our best player this season.
1: Yeah, Bradshaw has a bit of an eye for a player. I'll give him that much. Yeah, but uh, not me. Some people were sympathetic with Brennan at the time because we were so short on senior players at, towards the end of the season, but um, I felt he had to go. I mean, tweeting mid-game was, uh, criticising the team was shocking. Uh, the question was, could we afford to give him the boo? But the irony is, if a fully fit, well-behaved Gavin Brennan was here now, he'd have absolutely no chance, and I mean no chance, of dislodging Trevor Clark from his team, from this team. He's nowhere near him, and he wouldn't no. get in either way. No way would he get into the team in any way. Where are you going to play him? terrible body language just n- no application no he's just a like I said he's everything that was wrong with Rovers in the last five years mm-hmm. then we're going to move on to our stats section now let's see what Carl has conjured up for us uh, they should be up on the website by now so go and have a look at them if you need to have a rundown we'll start off with Rovers having lost at United Park since April 2005 this unbeaten away run of 16 league games and 19 in all competitions is a club record against any team, so we're unbeaten away run of 16 league games and 19 in all competitions. So that's a long time, a long time. We, it has been a happy hunting ground, hasn't it? Some great twig goals over the years there as well. Uh, Rovers' 11 consecutive away league wins over Drodd is also a record, and the last time the hoops dropped points was a 2-2 draw in April 2009. Go on, give us the scores, Carol. Give us two. No, I don't know,
2: <laughs> but uh, it's actually 13 wins in a row at United Park in all competitions
1: in a row. Yeah. So we up to this date right now we we haven't drawn or lost a game. Every win has been a tour uh-huh. that That's uh, that's it's a been, great record. It's, it's an incredible great
2: run. But and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Carl, why Bill Jacobs in the 1920s?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the big yeah. question. Yeah. Everybody's been. It's been. Trending on on social media, yeah.
2: The biscuit makers, <laughs>
1: the biscuit makers.
2: Well, Jacobs in the twenties were one off the all-time record, which was when we won fourteen consecutive away games against Jacobs. So thirteen against Jod, looking to equal the Jacobs run of fourteen.
1: So if we win in hunky dory slash United Park on Friday, that will break that record. So uh, equal. that that will equal that record. is that take the biscuit? Wouldn't it? Uh, Drogheda have lost five consecutive games now after a good start and they were the first newly promoted team to win their opening two games since Bray in 2001 so 17 years and they finished fourth they finished fourth that season Drogheda also hold a record for most promotions and most relegations at seven they have placed eight or lower in all but one of the last top eight flight seasons and they finished as runners up in 2012.
2: Yeah, under Mick Cook.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Dude. What's Mick Cook doing now?
2: That was the Stephen Kenny season for us. Yeah. Is
1: Mick Cook managing? Mm,
2: I don't think. There so. There you go. Slowly going Limerick. And amazingly, we still beat them all three times that season, even though they finished runners up.
1: Yeah. Right. That season. Yeah. Another great old star. Well, there hasn't been any nil all draws in the league so far. Does a That's a great show. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. No nil all draws. No. Nope. And I've had only one scoreless draw in all competitions in the last three and a half years. Yeah, they don't do scoreless draws. They're not a great star. uh
2: no, wh- We've won more for you. It wasn't on the website. But we're looking for a back-to-back wins for the first time since September. And back-to-back
1: wins. So we haven't won two games in a row since September. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done
2: it in the league since August.
1: It's telling, isn't it? Uh, what else we got? We have Garrett McCaffrey and Stephen Elliott each have a goal so far. Young Garrett scored versus Bowles when we were struggling for strikers in a one-all draw during his time with us, didn't he? Mm,
2: that was his first goal for us.
1: Now, next up is starting 11's team news and predictions. <laughs> now I'm going to stick with the three-five-two or the three-four-one-two, whatever you'd like to turn it into yourselves. Now I'm going to start with Tomer. Uh Devine Lopez uh Webster. Gonna have Finn, McAllister and Bone in the middle of the park and as our midfield three with Trevor and Madden on our f- full back positions, occupying our full back positions, and I'm gonna go with Bork and Boyd up front, which might surprise some people, but I think Boyd is due a good performance and a goal. And uh, even though Shaw's is fit, everybody's fit, clean bill of health. But I just think Boyd's due a goal and a good performance. He's huffed and puffed a little bit up front on his own, so I think a partnership with somebody up there. He may start with Shaw. I could, I'm, not, maybe, I'm not too sure, maybe, but um, yeah, yeah, I think he'll
2: get a goal. Yeah, I would stick with three at the back, same formation. Uh, I, w- I would bring Gary Shaw back in the team, although it is kind of, it's, it is hard to leave out Sean Boyd because he's very good, but I think Shaw and Burke are building up a bit of understanding there, so I'd like to see that again.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm going to go with a... 2-0 win To condemn draw To their 6th Consecutive League Defeat And our 14th consecutive away Winner the Yes and the, e- biscuit equaling the, Equal, equaling the Biscuit boys Equal well, the Jacobs Equal in the Biscuit boys I, I was What are say, you going for Mix it up Riley Mix it up I've, I've no faith In keeping this clean sheet you know, Yeah I'm going to say 2 My glass one. is always half full You know that
2: I was close last week By the way I said
1: 3-1 Yeah Very close
2: But I'm pretty sure I'm going to go the whole You've season From my 5-0 <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go the whole season without getting this prediction right
1: now moving on to another bit of business by the club Paddy Power fantastic bit of business in my opinion we never had a, a partner like this before the bookmaking joints name will appear on the sleeves or jerseys so I believe season ticket holders and members should get enhanced odds now I fancy nines or tens on Ronan Finn <laughs> in a up and it. that's over to you Brendan Murray I think it's only fair <laughs> we know you listen so you can look after those odds for us our Milltown 30 video what a brilliant video yeah, that was it's, uh, it was another radiant. great another great bit of uh, marketing by the club
2: I challenge anyone to watch that and not be really moved by
1: overcome with emotion yeah it's a, it's a smashing video we will be trekking from our spiritual home ourselves in Milltown to tell it along with a host of other fans on the fourteenth of April to mark the thirtieth anniversary of leaving Milltown. It's
2: yeah, we'll we'll have a microphone, so just come up to us if you want to Yeah, we hope to have memories.
1: a we hope to have a few quick chats along the way and get your thoughts on your favourite games and goals and Milltown. So when two men approach you with bags of cans in hand and waving a recording device at you, we just want your stories about Glenmalore Park, not your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And the Milltown thirty events at the club are looking for some contributions so if you've got any jerseys programs memorabilia photos there has to be
1: plenty out there and there you is. can
2: deal to help so get in touch with the club
1: we can get uh, McDara's evaporated crisp packet <laughs> hopefully there's a bit of grass or muck left we can put that on display I think he said it's gone though also, I'm sure he still has the crisp packet okay. the Sport and Talent and Academic Rewards uh, STAR the abbreviation STAR project a new initiative with Trinity College. This is a thing. This is something I'm a big fan of. I remember I did the fan with a flag interview a couple of years ago and I touched on something like this. And I actually touched on, I knew, not, not our, our actual Rose project, but I was hoping that we could compete with the likes of the DDSL clubs like the Arch and things like that. And it's finally happening. I'm loving this project. And it's aimed at helping young footballers stay in education. I think it's essential. When you look at the likes of, let's say, for instance, young guys who go abroad at 15, and they go sign for Man United, for instance. Let's say Christy Fagan. Christy Fagan signed for Man United, and he came back two or three years later with no leaving, sir, no education. It's badly needed, in my opinion. And I'm not too sure if it's aimed at those guys coming back from England, but it, I'm sure they could avail of it. And it's a great move by the club again. We've a busy week this week, haven't we? Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. Also, um, I'd like to touch on there was a grey. A really good tribute to the late, great George Bourne on the Tom Dunn show on Monday night. He played some smashing tunes from the likes of Teenage Fan Club, some of George's favourites apparently, Amy Mann, Arrested Development and a personal favourite of mine, Tribe called Quest. And some great memoirs and stories about George. Now, we didn't know George personally, but um, constantly hearing stuff about him, so he seemed like a real character. And it's great to see he's still being, this tributes still being uh, knocked out to him. And it's... (coughs) <coughs> it's it's real a uh, testament to the guy that people still talking about him two years after he passed, you know.
2: Absolutely,
1: yeah. Uh, Pat Flynn's granddad, also known as Pat Flynn, passed away. So our condolences to the Flynn family, and um, sorry to hear about that news. In other Rovers news, the under 17s beat Co Rambler seven nil. And our under-19s won 2-1 out on Bray. A good 2-1 win out on Bray. So that's two goals in three games for Richie English. Knocking on the 1st team door. Keep up the good form, young Richie.
2: And uh Luke Byrne got some more game time.
1: Uh, reports are that he's looking sharp. Yeah, that's uh, another step towards first-team football, Lukey. Keep it up.
2: The game he played last week was actually an under-19s friendly against Wayside. That's when he played it.
1: Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be competitive. There's no way I'd say they'd let any first-teamers in on those. It's not like the the A Championship, which I would like to see another. I'd, lo- I'd love to see the A Championship back or some sort of reserve league, you know. So uh, players who are not necessarily getting game time in the first team can can stay sharp, you know. Things like that. We drew balls at home in the League Cup, so a derby on the Easter Monday. Plenty of people off work and enjoying the festivities. I'm sure, the club will plan something for the for the Glenmalure in eighteen ninety nine. That'll be an occasion.
2: What else would you be doing on Easter Monday?
1: That's it. What else would you be doing on Easter Monday? Supporting the hoops.
2: That's a, a rare home draw against both. It's the First time we've drawn them at home in a national cup competition.
1: Okay. Since the 2006. 2006. Yeah. Wow. Well, We're, we're uh, so we're we're talking 11 years. And what was the result? Can you give us the result?
2: Well, that was one all, and then we famously won the replay two 0 and, and that, two was, Cassidy that goals. was and
1: yeah, yeah Cassidy Cracker, and that was the end of. Garrett Farley, yeah, has a great video online of him arguing with the Stewarts as well.
2: <laughs> there were there was a couple of Lancashire senior cup games, but I'm just talking about national.
1: Yeah, I count and the there ones. was that's the
2: first home tie against them in the league cup since 1989. 89, and even that was at Daily
1: Mail, so even not really at home. So Bowes beat Cabinteely one nil in Daily Mail Park to set this fixture up.
2: Yeah, surprised to be the inform Cabo. They'd won four in a row going to that game.
1: Yeah, it's uh, hard to believe, isn't it? Pat Devlin's Pat working. Devlin bringing his professionalism to working wonders there. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think they're going to be selling out Stradbroke anytime soon. But it's it's good to see did you getting see, a couple of results together.
2: Did you see Marty Waters' celebration from mm. last
1: week? No, I didn't. He did the worm. He did the worm. Did he yeah. do it well though? He
2: did he did it? He gave us his best Scotty Two Hotty impression. <laughs> he knew WrestleMania was only around the corner.
1: uh so I think uh, I don't think we've any more today that's all our news so uh, don't forget support the team abuse the opposition sing with the ultras question every decision and most importantly keep on hooping folks see ya I don't mind the guys dancing with my girl that's fine and
0: he came to me one day and he just said look I'm going
3: to give
2: you a chance
0: travel but I'm blue. For so the are almost there, and we're bringing in young lads and what have you. you no know. better
1: leave be her behind. With the kids, are
0: alright. The band Kids are alright. Sometimes I feel I gotta get away. Some be tweeting, oh lamb. Bells chime.
3: I know I gotta get away. Gavin the Kit Moist is everything that's been been wrong with the club the last few years.